Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 9th of June 2019. I've actually had a couple of good days of sunny weather. It's been rather pleasant, although the, the mosquitoes as always are getting a revenge on a long winter. And uh, I, I think they've modified the mosquitoes. I think I think they've created a new kind of flying platform oil rig because the size of the holes are leaving in you makes you wonder, doesn't it? Uh, these things certainly are. It's not astonishing, something that's so tiny that comes at you by the millions and it can cause so much havoc. Supposedly they've never got a, a way around it apart from the usual lotions you put on yourself. But you'd think there'd be something a bit more high-tech than that. Although, of course, they keep talking about breeding sterile males, which they release into the population. And supposedly this is to help diminish the numbers of offspring of these mosquitoes. It doesn't seem to work much, though, does it? It makes you wonder what else they're sterilizing, doesn't it, (laughs) in the process? Who knows? But there you go. But they're doing well, of course, the mosquitoes. So I guess the biodiversity... Crew from Maurice Strong's days, and again, where they, they all got rights, all, all the all the animal and plants and insects got rights, and, and we we don't have any, but they all, they get them all. I, I guess that keeps them all happy. I always say that every year I don't need to donate any blood to any society because I I do enough every year to nature. Uh, certainly, I'm probably the dad of of, of billions of them by now. They've, they've had so much blood off me, but just the way it goes, isn't it? Eh? That's the way it goes. You used to think at one time, why can't they... Because they, they tried it, apparently, with insects. You'll see these these little ads for um, uh, kind of high-frequency-type sonic deterrents for mice or things like that. Uh, they don't, I don't know if they work at all. I very much doubt it, personally. But they also have them, supposedly, for for certain kinds of bugs, but I wonder, too, if they could even work. The, the thing that does work, apparently, apparently, is something they were selling a few years ago, uh, where you had big canisters of propane, and they would go through a kind of a machine which would give off CO2, and the CO2 naturally attracts the mosquitoes, and they went into a kind of vacuum thing, like a vacuum suction thing uh, that would suck them up. In, in this particular machine And uh, supposedly they had some good success I never tried them so I don't really know and, and I think that anything that puts out CO2 Today will be taboo Including us of course uh, Once you get to carbon neutral you understand We won't be around obviously Nothing will live on the planet To get to carbon neutral There'll be nothing alive at all Obviously you Because know? we give it off When we breathe out And plants take it in at a certain time of their 24-hour cycle, and they put out oxygen. So to get a carbon-neutral planet, since we're all carbon-based life forms, all of us, then everything's dead. There's a, there's a good goal for you. But again, facts don't really matter. When's the big agendas at work, isn't it? After all, the sustainability idea is for total control of humanity. That's, that was always the intention of it. And for folk who haven't figured it out, under sustainability, uh, the whole thing is a, a, a reduction of the population. And they've been quite explicit about how much they predict every person is going to consume in their lifetime, how much it needs to feed them, and all the carbon produced from that kind of stuff, and all the clothing, etc., etc., and heating. So the fewer folk they can have around, 
then obviously they'll, they'll meet their sustainability targets. Mind you, they'll also decide along the way, and this is inevitable, of course, and everybody knows that, that they'll, they'll go the whole way that they, that they planned to do in the 1900s, early 1900s, which was they'll have panels, they'll decide who can have children and who cannot. That was, that's always been inevitable, step by step by step. These things are introduced, and you all know it's true. You all know it's true. I can remember years ago, talking about so many things, not because I was guessing about stuff, but because I'd read so much of the, unlike some of the people that followed my example, but only they they pretended that they read all the stuff. I actually did read all that stuff. And some of them actually today still uh, prattle on. They copied my shows actually in the same week or or two weeks later. And verbatim, I'd I'd do all the work and get all the topics and and do all the searching and so on for the, the source. And they use it all. One, one in particular, you all know, but uh, it's, it's rather disgusting, isn't it? It tells you a lot, too, about their personalities. But anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, years ago you talk about so many things that, that would definitely get that get put into, into being because step by step they always introduce them. And we adapt and we adapt and we they know we adapt it's little by little until they've achieved their goals. Well, at the time, when you would come out with these things years and years ago, the folk would say, oh, it's a conspiracy nut theory, because that's what they were taught to say by, again, media reporters that really work for the CIA. I'm not kidding about that either. I mean, there were documentaries they had about that back in the... They came out in the, in the 60s and 70s and 80s. A lot of them in the, the top television stations in the US were, were actually CIA employees. You don't have to be a full-time employee to be a member of them. Same with CSIS in Canada. They could take contracts, like part-time things, you see, and have full... A lot of, for instance, some of the professors in, in, in universities are members of them. That's quite common in all countries, in fact. So anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, uh, they'd, they would poo-poo it and say, oh, that's crazy and nuts and so on. But it, it all comes to pass. And the people who, who would laugh at it, when you ask them, why would they laugh? They'd say, oh, that could never happen. And you say, well, why couldn't that ever happen? Well, somebody would stop that. Well, who's the somebody, you see? Who's the somebody? You always hear the same thing. Oh, somebody would stop it. Because it won't be them. It's not them. <laughs> They'll say, they wouldn't say, I'm going to stop or try to. Or somebody will stop that. Uh, or they'd say, they'd never do it to us, whoever they are. They'd never do it to us. They presume that there's some kind of benevolent supreme commander looking after us all here. And I'm not talking about deity. Well, they might think they are, but, but they really think that there's some kind of deity overseeing it all with our best interests in mind. And, of course, that's how they're trained to see things. Even when uh, things are put forward to them to, to indoctrinate them, to give up their rights and freedoms uh, under a, a world threat. Oh, the world's going to end because of man's destruction of the planet. That's the greatest one they came up with, you see. Before that, they tried atomic warfare as well. We were the enemy then too, you see. And uh, even though most of us are ignorant of all, and most of us have never studied uh, atomic energy to any extent at all, certainly not in that, that field, uh, and that level, but then they came up with, we're, we're all killing the planet. We're all going to die anyway, you see. They couldn't get a, a comet to, to pass by quick enough to get, really give us a big fright. So they came up with this idea, because it's, once you give up all your rights to save the world, now you're in a wartime mode, you see. 
And it's a war, you see. It's a war against the population of the planet. And don't think that somehow you're exempt from it if you're living pretty well and you're middle class or whatever it happens to be in some of the first world countries. The first world's going down pretty fast, by the way. Don't think you're exempt from it because it's a, it's a war on the whole planet's populations. Many people at the top in the Fabian organizations a long time ago were rather open about it. And Bernard Shaw was one of the better ones to be to, to expound the theories of true mandated scientific socialism and control over the populations and your lives from birth to death. That's what they want. And believe you me, it's really going, going into that in this day and age right now. Very evident for those who understand it. Most folk don't. Most folk don't want to. But it's a choice as well. Even when it, it stares them in the face. And I understand it. It's a frightening thing to realize that the system that you're born into and brought up with is really not there to have your best interests at heart. But they do want you to believe in it, obviously. Uh, that, I'm talking about the ones who gave you the impressions that you have on the system. It's, uh, it's, a, it's quite easy to understand how it's been done in any Look at the countries in the past. We look at tyrannies and so on. And yet we, we can't equate tyrannies with ourselves because there's nobody bashing you on the head right now. Some countries there are. I mean, if you look at France, for instance, with the yellow vests and, and so on going on, it's one of the, the, the best covered up things right now. And, and the, the whole of Europe is... is Going along with this cover-up, keep it as quiet as possible, when literally there's, there's thousands of people getting injured all the time. Supposedly it all started with the increases that Macron had put on, the taxes, the taxing of fuels and so on, and diesel, which is transport and consumption of foodstuffs, which you're going to get here too, by the way. You're going to get all the austerity taxes put on us, us here. And carbon taxes as well. It's already happening. And once you really tax uh, uh, diesel and gasoline, uh, uh, so your your food even <laughs> is transported by tractor trailer, big trucks, or else it's done by train and so on. That's all going to get passed on to you. You'll be in the same boat shortly because uh, France was a test case for it. So taxes go up and up and up. There's not enough work. There's not enough money. And you can't, uh, you, and then everything that's, t- that's taxed, especially the fuel line, ends up being tacked onto you. So even basic, basic things like food is too expensive. We're already seeing that. A lot, a lot of people are hurting even in Canada here. I know it because um, I know the prices of food uh, is getting ridiculous. And again, it's authorized by governments to, to keep increasing food. And that's classed as energy, by the way, if you haven't figured it out. So you're going into the austerity mode that I talked about a few years ago. Because that was mandated, we all go into austerity as the start of it. It might get brought to a stage where there will be riots, and then the governments, believe you me, if they can let them loose in, in France, uh, they can let them loose anywhere, and they're all ready for it, by the way, for a big time riots if, if it comes to that too. But you're going to, going to get into the sci fi mode of all the movies we saw in the 90s with uh, the bad, bad future of dystopia. Uh, run by a system which is rather nasty, inhumane, and we're all living in rubble and, and trying to you know, feed off garbage dumps and so on. Don't laugh at these things because it can be, it can be done so quickly if it was ever needed to be done by those uh, who deem it necessary, those who are in control. There are documentaries out now from France with so many photographs 
and pictures of people who've lost their eyes because of these rubber bullets, they call these uh, right-control-type bullets that are fired, hitting people in the face and losing, losing their eyes. It's very, very common. And I think it's one and a half thousand or so far, maybe more. And, other, and these things are pretty high velocity at close range as well. And they're going right through the faces of people. So this isn't a little skirmish of, of protesters. This is a full-scale war on the people, basically. And it's been, it's been covered up to a great extent. Because if the folk were just fed up with the higher taxes and lack of work and so on and so on, and, and being dismissed by this character Macron. I, I watched a documentary where a woman who's a, a, a representative for the Yellow Jackets, but she's actually a lawyer who comes from a family uh, that always were part of the police forces, and she was one too at one time, and uh, she's discussing it and, and telling you how bad it is and why it's all happening. And just said that Macron himself is such a, he's an incredible snob apparently, a silver spoon type of guy, and uh, he, he's so derogatory when it comes to talking about people who haven't gone to university, like the working classes, and he's given talks and about people in factories being basically illiterate and things like that. What a character this is, really. But you see, that's the kind of people that are chosen as front people to supposedly pretend that they're up running the countries. It's astonishing how in your face it can be at times. And even then, we don't want to believe it. Most people don't, don't want to believe the bad news, or they'll make excuses for them. And they'll say, well, yeah, I know they said that. They can't really mean it. Or, or it's a slip, or, or that a bad day. Or no, this is the way that they see you, yeah, the people who are in charge. This is how they really see you. And every country has got the same types as Macron, especially in the civil service and areas like that. And it's sad, but true, isn't it? That humanity really doesn't change much, and they go under through the pretense of having a classless society. What a joke that is, a classless society. What a, what a lot of nonsense, eh? As it's alive, and as well, as it's always been, I guess that's just the way of nature, too. Um, this, this idea of being better than other people because of wealth can affect anybody, even the ones who come to start at the bottom and start to get some cash coming in, and they can change their opinion of everybody else rather quickly too. Uh, it's easy to become a snob, very easy, and you'll see it in everyday life, in fact. But getting back to what I'm prattling on about here, which is basically that the people will poo-poo all the bad things that are, that are written about, and when you have evidence of it too from sources in the big think tanks that work for governments, and you see them being implemented, these these different these actions, even though you show them the proof, they'll decide not to, to believe it, because, because it's too frightening for them to believe. However, if some famous person, or even an actor or actress, comes out on television and talks about it, it must be true. It's just too easy to get to, to get people who they think is a, a special authoritative person. And if they're, if they're an actor or actress, they must be authoritative. They must have a, no, they're not. Have you ever really met many actresses or actresses? They don't have much to say. They're, they're really not that, that great at conversation, you know. They're, they're not. You'll start yawning in no time at all. They really don't know very much about the world. Uh, they have their own little world that they're in. They don't have a lot of interests outside what they do, basically. Uh, sometimes, yet later on, they take up positions as 
PR people for big causes or charitable things, etc., which is also often a tax write-off, you see. But but in reality, they don't know an incredible... Well, I could even go through some musicians too, well-known ones, but anyway, they'd bore you stiff. They really would. You'd pinch yourself to stay awake. But that's, that's the truth of it. But a lot of them too can become snobs so easily as well, just because they're wealthy, you see. They always say if you forget where you came from, then you haven't grown as a human being, you've actually shrunk. And that, that thing is very, very true. So people really, as I say, don't want to believe unless, because it's just too bad, is it? isn't it? And I've heard people tell me I ch- they choose not to believe something, even though you've got documents from the government's own websites on, on different things, and they can read it. It's a strange thing, isn't it, where they decide not to not to want to believe. It's too upsetting. And that's what governments count on. Do you understand this idea of democracy is, is such nonsense? When you have a massive, massive... It's like an overcast sky of multi-layers of think tanks and non-governmental organizations all working with each other, thousands of them across the world for every facet of society, for every country, uh, for every, on every particular area of, top of, of, of managing the public, including education, everything. And, and the UN uh, specifies that the, the, the governance is to include all these organizations. Well, did you vote for that? Of course you didn't. You didn't vote for that. And, and these organizations have all these different charters that they're signing all the time and signing deeper into them, even like, like the, the Paris Treaty and all this kind of thing. And then the next one, 2030, for, for sustainability and, it's, and, uh, and the environment and so on. And again, in those ones too, those charters as well are, are to the United Nations, it says again uh, that all, all interested parties must attend. Well, we don't even get a chance to attend anything, never mind saying anything. So who are we kidding here? Because hmm? we certainly are kidding ourselves. Democracy, what a joke that is. And when, when you go into even the end of World War II, when they were very open about world government, and not just government, but governance, and, and all of, again, exactly what I'm talking about now, where a, a, a different world, a different kind of, you couldn't just have children, you couldn't just marry who you want to marry, all that kind of stuff. That was all, they tried all that then, tried to push it, but it didn't, it didn't sail very well, so they went quiet on it, but they kept working at it. And we're really there now. Uh, it's been pretty well successful. The family units destroyed, a la Karl Marx, and don't forget all, that every single political party we've had regardless of what they claim to be, have, have signed further and further and further into the same single agenda, folks, without exception. And you still think it's all real, <laughs> these parties and so on. It's beautiful, isn't it? But when you, when you realize just how much has been accomplished uh, and how you've, you've always had the wool pulled over your eyes, and they're still doing it, even more so today, is there's so many organizations. At the end of World War II, as I say, they set up the program for the United Europe, right? It was to be kept secret from the public, that the whole goal was to completely incorporate all the nations into a single entity. 
completely under a parliamentary system, a single parliament. And, it, and again, the same with the, the Asian countries, the Far Eastern Pacific Rim countries, and then the Americas as well. And they're still at it. And there's no point prattling on about it and repeating it all. But it's, I've done it all before about the different things that have happened here. It's, it's still on the go, but you haven't figured it out yet. And the only reason they're keeping it slightly separate in North America is they must keep Americans thinking that they have a country which is theirs because they're paying for the wars that are still to happen yet. They've got to finish the, the list, the list from the 90s that's going to be finished and they've got to go through it all, you see. And it wouldn't wash. They couldn't get recruits or people to go in for or even people to pay taxes towards a system of wars that was for the whole of the Americas. But they'll do it for a nation state. It's, it's, it's a patriotic thing that's instinctive in people, and that's what it counts on. Years ago, I can remember talking about uh, the radio frequencies and off the internet and Wi-Fi, which again goes into the microwave range. There's been so many articles that have come out over the years, still coming out too, mainly from uh, countries that are allowed to still publish. Uh, of them, like Switzerland or Sweden and different places, on the, the effects of Wi-Fi or the effects too of, of brain cancers going up and up and up and, and the association between electromagnetic fields, strong fields and so on. Whereas in the West it's pretty well dampened down the whole idea of speaking about it, although we have uh, uh, more than our fair share, you might say, of uh, youngsters getting uh, brain cancers. Not just youngsters, of course, but they're certainly more prone uh, because they're, they're still, their brains are still, they're, they're still growing. The people, their, their children are still growing, right? Their brains and all that too. And cells are dividing very quickly, etc., etc. And that's when, unfortunately, when you get a, a change in, the, in the, the splitting of cells, then you get the, the oddball one coming in. And for some reason, the immune system doesn't go into action and destroy it, or it can't destroy it. Maybe because it's, it's working so fast and changing so fast and multiplying so fast that the, the cancerous tumour develops. And there's so much of it today. I wouldn't even bother going into it. To me, it's boring because I've done talks on this before and uh, people will say, well, it's bad news. We don't want to hear bad news. But this, this thing about it, too, it's the same idea that people had uh, with going into war. You know, they'd sign up for the wars, it'd be over by Christmas. That's what the propaganda was told them that, and uh, and a good portion of them would die or be uh, wounded uh, for li- and really disabled for life. But each one who went in thought they would not get hit, you see, and that's that's the nature of humanity. It's always s- some vague other person's going to get it, uh, and if and if you all knew uh, the ones who who eventually get killed, that they would definitely get killed. They wouldn't go. It's the same with smoking cigarettes. Or, or anything else like that, you know, or even playing some kind of tag across the roads as a child and try to dodge the cars. Well, that's what it is. You're playing dice, basically. Well, that's the same natural phenomena that you have in you, saying that won't happen to me, of course. There's some, someone else that's going to get it, and, and I'll be okay. Isn't it strange that all the folks who come down with cancers is always someone else, eh? It doesn't happen to you. It's like, it's like you, you automatically go into the survival mode of seeing them as them, them, like something different about them. They must be, they must be really different, and so different, in fact, because they're not you, obviously. So that means they're really, really different. I'm okay. 
that's a simple thing that people have and, and everybody's got it. But it does happen to people and it can happen to all of us. And folk even listening to here now have had it, had different things like cancers and, and different people get in touch with me too uh, tell me about the, the traumas that they're going through. It's just the way it is. I remember years ago watching a, a, a public broadcasting thing in Canada and two scientists uh, started talking uh, on this live show of the, the the dangers of electromagnetic radiation and they were closed down before they got much of it out their mouths in fact by the station itself someone had called and they to cut them off but they were they were qualified top scientists in the field of electromagnetics and frequencies so that kind of made me wonder about it way way many years ago before even the internet was uh, up and running the way it is today if you do have a radio and a normal radio, you can get a, a especially AM uh, frequency on the AM, or you'll see it with the FM too if you get close enough to the screen of your computer. And you, you, you put an AM station, and a lot, especially a shortwave station, and you'll hear the racket, the noise as you get closer and closer to that screen or to the to the actual computer itself, the body, main body of the computer, because uh, it gives off an incredibly powerful electromagnetic fields all around it and in fact I even had one of these cheapo electric uh, wire sensors a little pencil type that you're meant to touch uh, the insulation of a wire and it, and if, if it, it would just glow and give a little buzzing sound if there was live current going through well it will go off near the near the computer actually without touching the computer it will actually go off and do the same thing well you're sitting so close to that darn thing <laughs> no one thinks anything about it eh? i can remember years ago too when they actually had people who were using the laptops and and they were giving cancers of males of, of the testes uh, uh that was Accepted as fact by the, the the medical community, this was happening, and they, that's what they thought the reason would be that they were they were using they were sip the thing on their lap. That's what they call a laptop, right? But it's got but it's got um, that that strong signal, electromagnetic current, and it's Wi-Fi for most of the time that they're using it. But uh, so there's a double whammy, and they always give you warnings about it. But I don't know if they still do give you warnings. Don't put it on your lap. Why they call it a laptop then? You can't make people use common sense. You can't make them use it, common sense. But at the same time, as I say, most folks think it will never happen to me. But it's it's happening to a lot of people. The other the other folks, there are them, not not me, but them. <laughs> that phenomenon again. I can remember doing the articles. Across with, with with some of the Canadian authorities and in the U.S. too, that had uh, they were putting up the, the antennas on in schools to to broadcast Wi-Fi right through the the, the area, the schools and the and the playground too, and uh, they'd measured the currents of it all and so on. But uh, people were getting, including the teachers, were getting incredible headaches with it. At least that was the, the outcome with most of these places. And uh, confusion at times as well, which it can cause as well. And so they eventually they took a lot of these antennas down again. I remember even having to a place not far from me. Uh, 
because of, of its, its potency, basically. But give it a little bit of time, and it will all forget it. Uh, and and we, we do. Today, I think people's memories are getting shorter and shorter, because what I'm talking about was only about three or four years ago, maybe five at the most. Uh, and yet, all that stuff's coming back again, and now we get, you're going into the 5G system. Now, the 5G system was officially launched in... Uh, they launched it in Scotland for the UK. They actually tried Scotland, at least the Orkneys, the islands in the north of Scotland. Uh, that was their test base, I guess. And they did a kind of launching of it over a week ago. And apparently it failed <laughs> during a live um, PR thing by the BBC. But the idea was that it says that they're living in, they're living in six major cities and are now able to access UK's first 5G network for the first time. And it says the first trial, the first part of the trial, funded by the UK government, uh, was, uh, was in the Orkneys, apparently. So it says the live BBC broadcast over 5G network on the launch day fails during a live broadcast, as they say. And another article goes into Orkney, how White got the latest tech before London. Said here that the latest super-fast technology has already been available for months to islanders in Orkney and farmers in Shropshire and some cows in Somerset. And it's a part of the trial funded by the UK government, or part-funded, which is designed to make the case for investment in areas without lots of customers. And it tells you what it is to an extent, uh, 5G. Really, well, it, it, even then it's very, very thin on, on facts because they don't go into the, uh, the effects of it, really. Or you get faster internet speeds, things like that, or be able to download more stuff at the same time, that kind of thing. That's how they're, they're telling you all the plus things about it. But it says that maintaining Wi-Fi across the, all of the, the, the islands, basically, and, and how it's going to work out there. But it's going to be awfully, awfully expensive. And you only get about, uh, I think it's 10 gigs in a month. Although probably the idea is that you pay more and more money. But it says here that there's 5G handsets, you see. You have to get a 5G handset to go along with it. And so in the meantime, most folk will still be getting their, their, their 4G systems uh, are working with that, basically until they have everything else ironed out in you. But it's awfully expensive. But it's Internet of Things, really. The other articles in the, the, the techie magazines talk about is the Internet of Things, where all the different appliances and everything will communicate with everything else. And so, and literally, there'll be nowhere you can hide anymore because you'll be traced and tracked everywhere by a thousand different uh, things you don't even know exist around you. Even nanotechnology, too. They did documentaries on that years ago of the nanotechnology in the 5G system. And and basically, it's here, the Internet of Things, as they call it, as I say. There'll be the speeds of it. You may get 20 gigs per second, they say, which will, of course, be way up, way beyond what you're going to get. But uh, that was do that was, that was overestimate uh, all the pluses that it's going to do for you, and how expensive it will be, of course. And also too, they're saying that it'll be more expensive because if, if Huey doesn't get the contracts, you're left with uh, with other uh, contracts or contractors to give you the five G, which is quite interesting to me. Because it's all they do. All this stuff with China is just to see what country is going to get the the big contracts. Because they'll supply all the all the the security systems across the uh, the, the world with with money. 
uh, I know you're, even the NSA will be getting their stuff from them too, you see. So it's a big, big contract, and of course there's big battles, and some folk are, uh, are being more open about where it's going to, who's going to get the contracts. It's quite something else. Business, 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 isn't it? I want to do an article here on the 5G. It says there's nowhere to hide. And uh, this is a good article, in fact, about people who are exposing some of the dangers. But it says our health is more important than having uh, cars that talk to each other or faster movie downloads, uh, says uh, Dr. Tracy Chandler, and who says we should be aware of the 5G. Uh, also goes into crown control and says, no, these aren't the words of a conspiracy theorist, but actual history of 5G, a form of radio frequency or RF radiation, which was originally used in the last century, as 20th century, for crowd control, but was later mostly abandoned because it burned people. Hmm? Uh, the, 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 the links to it too, these are actual articles from the defense.gov. Uh, about the actual burning of people with, with uh, what they were using for crowd control and, and the, the, the 5G system. Anyway, says this week's opinion piece has been an, an, an accumulation of many weeks of research and communication with experts in the field of the effects of 5G on human health. It was therefore heartening to see the media recently take on this controversial topic. The key sentence in the stuff uh, article it's called Stuff, I guess, the article. is an eloquent quote from the University of Auckland psychology professor Susan Pocket. Approximately 600 peer-reviewed uh, research reports uh, from a range of uh, international scientists shows that radiofrequency radiation is linked to multiple medical conditions, including infertility. Well, that's a plus factor, you see, again, for coincidentally, for the, the big agenda, for sustainability, right? And diabetes and various kinds of cancer and psychiatric d- disorders. Interesting psychiatric disorders, eh? In fact, the research on the health effects of 5G is even more extensive than that quoted by in that article with tens of thousands published over the last 80 years. This huge database clearly refutes the industry-funded research that claims no harmful effects from EMFs. And it gives you, again, links on, on legitimate... Scientific investigations on this. This is article. More than two hundred scientists have written to United Nations and the World Health Organization, expressing concerns about potential health risks from technology. This technology, while radio frequency radiation was classified as Group Two B, that's the number of Two B in two thousand eleven, a possible human carcinogen, along with lead, after advice from the International Agency for Research on Cancer. And there have been further studies since then which have strengthened the association, leading to many scientists calling for EMFs to be classified as a group one carcinogen, along with tobacco smoke and asbestos. Not a bad article, this actually. And uh, as I say, it isn't just guessing about stuff. They have a lot of, of uh, studies to, to back up what's been said here. And the World Health Organization has appeared to be proactive by launching a paper for public comment in 2014 in RF fields and health. However, it turned out that five of the six members of the core group in charge of the paper are affiliated with International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection, an industry-loyal organization, and therefore have a serious conflict of interest. That's how, how they always do it at the World Health Organization.
Same with different organisations that are overseeing the drugs, the drug safety and so on for the public. They're often affiliated with the very pharmacies and so on. They actually make the pills and medicines. That's how they, they do things in the real world, eh? Anyway, I'll put this article up for those who want to, to look through it. Also, we'll go through this article here. It says, The Europe 5G to cost many billions more of Chinese vendors are banned. And then... An article by, by DARPA, it's quite interesting in fact. This is DARPA wants to wirelessly connect human brains to machines, allowing soldiers to fully control weapon systems, view things remotely like a three-eyed raven, or feel stuff remotely. Uh, it says that it has potential for, for applications, or military applications, and not only military, uh, control of airplanes and weapons, but also for civilian uses, from controlling artificial vision systems to completely immersive Visual, virtual reality that will transport your consciousness to alternate relatives. Alternate relatives, eh? Uh, this is the stuff of science fiction, but scientists have already made some advance in the field, and the first human neuroprosthetic devices appeared in the mid-1990s, allowing patients to crudely control artificial limbs. So that was going to the the, the nice things you could do, and help, really help people. The military-industrial complex is here to help people, Right. But anyway, it says um, they've got all these different projects on the way for finding ways to to, to manage, basically, um, your brain in the military and, and also in civilian life as well. You're looking at the technotronic era, remember. You tie that with the 5G and uh, the waves which go across an entire continent, like Brzezinski said in the 1970s. He says uh, they had the technology then to bathe the whole continent in technotronic uh, waves, basically, of, of, of power that would influence the behavior of the entire population, even pacify them. Old stuff, in a sense. Eh? And what would they say they're working on was done long ago, in fact. The, the religious meaning they're putting into operation on a bigger scale now. Also, it says Amazon is gathering data about body types by inviting volunteers to get scanned, taped, and photographed. And it says that the company is running a study to learn about diversity amongst body shapes, offering a $25 gift card for a 30-minute appointment in New York. Participants will take a survey and assent to 3D scans plus photos and videos of their body, first in their everyday attire, and then in form-fitting clothing. They understand where all this is going, eh? So Amazon Body Labs, this is originally a startup that Amazon acquired in 2017, produced detailed 3D body models for shopping and gaming, as Ms. Shabby notes, it grew out of an attempt to identify criminals initially, right? With computer vision techniques. And Amazon has gathered this kind of body data before the Wall Street Journal reported on a longer-term study in 2018 when Amazon asked to scan participants several times over a 20-year period, measuring changes to body shape over time. So, again, it's not just their faces they're doing, it's your whole bodies. Everything identifies you, even the way you walk, that's all studied as well, by the way, and recorded. <laughs> yeah. Comments on the U.S. National Toxicology Program. This is a different article. Technical reports on toxicology and carcinogenesis study in rats exposed to whole body radiofrequency radiation at 900 megahertz. 900 is much lower, remember. 
and mice exposed to whole body radio frequency radiation at 1900 MHz. And it says here that um, during the use of handheld mobile and cordless phones, the brain is the main target of radio frequency radiation, an increased risk of developing uh, glioma and acoustic uh, neuroma has been found in human epidemiological studies. Primarily based on these findings, the International Agency for Research on Cancer at the World Health Organization classified May 2011 radiofrequency radiation at the frequency range of 30 kilohertzes to 300 gigahertzes as a possible human carcinogen. Group 2b, a carcinogenic potential for radiofrequency radiation in animal studies was already published in 1982. This has been confirmed over the years more recently in the Ramazzini Institute a rat study, an increased incidence of glioma, that's a brain cancer type that you're seeing more commonly now in youngsters, and malignant uh, schwannoma in the heart was found in the U.S. National Toxicology Program study on rats and mice. The NTP final report is to be published. However, the extended reports are published on the internet for evaluation and are reviewed herein in more detail in relation to human epidemiological studies. Thus, the main aim of the study was to compare earlier human epidemiological studies with NTP findings, including a short review of animal studies. It's quite detailed, actually, for those who would be here to wade through it. And they, they used radio frequencies during the use of handheld wireless phones with mobile and cordless phones. And thus, an increased risk of developing brain tumours has long been a cause for concern. And then they go into all, for those who care, as I say. Also, electromagnetic fields and public health. This is mobile telephony is now commonplace around the world. This wireless technology relies upon extensive networks of fixed antennas or basin stations relaying information with radio frequency signals. Over 1.4 million base stations exist worldwide, and the number is increasing significantly with the introduction of third-generation technology. Where we're beyond that now. This was going back to 2006, this particular article. Other wireless networks that allow high-speed internet access and services, such as wireless local area networks, are also increasing, and so on and so on. Recent surveys have shown that RF exposures from base stations range from 0.002% to 2% of the levels of international exposure guidelines. And there's been a concern about possible health consequences from exposure to the RF fields produced by wireless technologies. Then it goes into the health concerns. So that shows you the early findings from increasing body temperatures uh, from exposure to at very high field intensity found only in certain industrial facilities such as RF heaters and the levels of RF exposure from base stations and wireless networks are so low the temperature increases are insignificant and do not affect human health. Now they've done it before in universities or since then universities where they've actually put two cell phones, never mind the base stations, but two cell phones quite close and put an egg in the middle and eventually you can actually cook the egg in the shell. I'll put this up too from the, from the early uh, findings. Another one too is electromagnetic radiation safety. And these are studies, some from universities and so on, like Berkeley. And it says cell phones, uh, cell towers and wireless safety. That's one of them with the links on it too. Another one is recent research on wireless radiation and electromagnetic fields. 650 abstracts of scientific papers published since August 2016. 
5G wireless technology, millimeter wave health effects. It's a millimeter waves are really, really <laughs> packed, uh, nasty thing, actually. That's 5G. And the ones below, mind you, are much better as far as, as, far as my, I personally think, anyway. And it says um, exposure guidelines for radio frequency fields, and it gives you uh, European journalist team's findings on it. 5G wireless technology cutting through the hype, it says. I mean, news stories debunk the exaggerated benefits of 5G cellular technology and effects of cell phone use on adolescents. Research on adolescents suggests that cell phones are disturb sleep and has adverse effects on memory and cognitive processes and on the endocrine system. Interesting that on the endocrine system as well too, which uh, secretes different hormones and so on. And throughout your body for different purposes. And then uh, there are a lot of good links here, actually. They're, they're well-studied areas on the effects of, of it and so on. And various professors' writings in universities, too, about their findings through their testing, etc. Really interesting, actually. Uh, for, for anybody who really cares. Again, most folk don't want to hear the bad news. You want you just to have, have fun, right? Again, back to that human thing, you'll never get the problems that someone else will. And even then, it's, it's like a human thing. Too. It must be something wrong when we start with. That's why they got it. It's amazing how people rationalize so much without uh, any real um, evidence of, of their conclusions. <laughs> and then recent research on wireless radiation and electromagnetic fields. And different links here I'll put up. And the latest editions appear below, blah, blah, blah. It covers more than signed, 600 scientific papers, this other one too. And uh, you get a PDF, 467-page document as well. It can be downloaded by clicking on the following links. I'll put them up as well. Again, measurements of radio frequency or radiation with a body-borne exposometer, it's called, in Swedish schools with Wi-Fi. And that's 2017. Quite good. Too many schools give each student their own laptop and utilize the laptops and wireless fidelity connection for educational purposes. Most children also bring their own mobile phones to school, since children are obliged by law to attend school. A safe environment is important. And then, so they go into discussing uh, radio frequency radiation and long-term adverse effects on children's health. As a result, 18 teachers from seven schools participated. The mean exposure RF radiation range, they carried these things to, to, to detect it, to how much you would get in a, a, a period of time of these uh, Wi-Fi signals and radiation. Just, so the exposure to RF radiation ranged from 1.1 to 66 microwatts per square meter. The highest mean level, 396.6 occurred during five minutes of a session when the teacher let the school stream and watch the YouTube videos. So I guess YouTube videos, I guess any kind of videos would, would, would jump up. And maximum peaks went up, and it shows you what it went up to uh, from mobile phone uplinks as well. So it says the measurements are in line with recent exposure studies in schools in other countries. So they're, they're comparing their findings with other countries' findings too in the same kind of studies, which is the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, the exposure levels varied, and it tells you between the different Wi-Fi systems. And if the students were allowed to use their own smartphones in the school's Wi-Fi network, uh, or if they were connected to 
the GSM and three three gig and four gig base stations outside the school. This is an access point over the teacher's head gave higher exposure compared with a school with a wired internet connection for the teacher in the classroom. All valleys were far below international commissions on non-ionizing radiation protection reference values, but most mean levels measures were above the precautionary target level of 3 to 6. And it gives you, again, that, that microwatt per square meter as proposed by the Bioinitiative Report. So that goes on and on again, too. It's all kind of dry stuff, but you had to read the dry stuff to find out what's going on. And then there's another one. <laughs> this one, too. This is UK study connects social media use and depression, which I'm not surprised, actually. This is UK. There's a significant rise in teen suicides, anxiety, and depression. The mental health of young people is a major concern. Many celebrities are becoming involved. Well, see, so you get any celebrities, eh? Otherwise, we won't take any notice. Isn't that sad, eh? Turning their attention to helping young people, UK Millennium Cohort Study involved more than 10,000 teenagers who are 14 years old. The study is unique because it's not only looking at the possibility that social media use could lead to depression, but also investigated uh, online harassment, sleep, self-esteem and body image as potential pathways to depressive symptoms. The findings were radical and, and echoed the results of similar studies conducted. And the longer people found young people spend on social media, the higher the risk of suffering with depressive symptoms. I think I, think, I don't think it's just teenagers that find. I think we all get that, don't we? This eh? reading the nonsense they give you uh, to read is pretty depressing. So, girls spend more time on social media than boys do. Girls with greater social media use at the start of adolescence can have poor mental well-being several years later. Uh, this is all predictable from what they already understood and by, by the big marketing companies and the studies have done on youngsters, men, male and female, and they know exactly how to target the different uh, the genders and so on, and the age groups as well. So girls using the social media for more than five hours get uh, fewer hours of sleep, disrupted sleep, online harassment as either a victim or perpetrator, <laughs> low self-esteem, dissatisfaction with their self-image. And this article goes on to talk about the National uh, Toxicology, U.S., that is, National Toxicology Program's $30 million study determined there's clear evidence of heart tumors, and there's evidence of brain tumors, and there's evidence of DNA damage. So there you go. That's the U.S. National Toxicology Program study, massive study it was done. Another major 2018 study at Italy's uh, Ramazzini Institute reports similar findings. There's this low-level, this is low-level, non-ionizing microwave radiation pulsing from the wireless antennas is linked in other studies to insomnia, anger, depression, behavior issues, cognitive impairment, suicidal ideation, and more. And then children, the science shows, are especially vulnerable. Each device has multiple antennas, think cellular, data, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, hotspots, etc. Without us realizing it, they're, all, they're on it all the time, right? Constantly pulsing microwave radiation for a handshake with the nearest cell tower or router. The risk for tumors increase after 30 minutes of daily use of a mobile phone against the head. There you go. So there you go. There's a lot in this, this article, pretty good article too. I'll put these up for those who... Who look at them? There's some good sites out there with good studies, and 
That's quite interesting. Interestingly, some countries like Switzerland voted, where the teachers voted at one time in 2013 to keep Wi-Fi out of school. And I think uh, there's some kind of anger in, in Switzerland because there's, there's big money offered and teachers eventually went along with it a few years later. So you give them time and they get round uh, all the all the arguments that are put across to the public, I suppose. That's how it's done. Something a bit different. We just want to touch on... We know there's going to be war with Iran eventually because, it's, again, it's on the list and it's in the news. And they give you little bits of uh, of the usual kind of build-up to it. That, that's how things are done. You, you learn and you accept things by little bits that are put out, you know, not a little bit more and a little bit more. And eventually it's easier to give you the, 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 the last lie, which is for invasion, you see. That's how propaganda works. But if you go into this one here... U.S. commander says American forces face imminent threat from Iran. A top commander of U.S. forces in the Middle East says he believes the Iranians or their proxies, their proxies, right, may orchestrate an attack at any moment. I think the threat is imminent, Marine General Frank McKenzie said in an exclusive broadcast interview. And I said we continually evaluate our force posture in the region is uh, so anyway it's, 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 it's getting as used to the idea again they won't be happy till the whole list that was published in the 90s is fulfilled again it was general wesley clark uh, that came out with uh, the list idea during a, a, an interview he gave with democracy now where he mentioned that he, he was stunned to find out there was a whole bunch on the list and of course they never go back or forget them this is an agenda and uh, they're going to do it one way or another. I mean, it's just the starving of these countries alone with embargoes and so on, like they did with uh, Iraq, uh, has an incredible effect on the people. And again, as I said before, you, you can basically make force folk to leave and get out of the, that area, leaving it empty eventually, if need be, uh, by the constant threats and embargoes and all the rest of it. So there's many ways to tear a country down. And the U.S. is definitely using a lot of it. Um, and they won't forget it, so they won't let it go. Another article, too, is that I live-tweeted that. The, this, is, this is from a, a reporter. Is I live-tweeted the AFP's every move as they raided the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's Sydney headquarters. They were raided by uh, the police there. It's, it's almost like this, the equivalent of the BBC getting raided but says it was a surreal moment standing with a group of Australian federal police. That's the AFP officers around a big screen, sifting through 9,214 emails and documents belonging to my colleagues. I felt like I was having surgery, but was still conscious and was seeing and hearing things which I'd rather not be. It says, I felt like a complete violation of, bo- of us both as journalists and citizens and had nothing to do with national security. It was at that moment I felt there was something sick about modern Australia that an institution as important as the media had come to this. I should just jump in and say this this is all uh, starting even with Assange and I came out and said that uh, when they saw that very, very uh, high profile attack, basically open daylight type attack, on Assange, all the media were there to take the photographs and were told to come, of course, to make sure it was, it was broadcast across the world that this will happen to you. 
if you start to report things which aren't authorised, eh? But now they're going after ones who are, or they think they're authorised to report news to the public, which was standard for news. But you've got to remember that Australia also had their own version at the same time as Levson Inquiry in Britain, when they changed the rules of what you could say and so on. And it really, that's when the media changed. It was like night and day. It was all politically correct, and people were scared to say anything at all in case they would get in trouble. And, of course, what they're showing us now is that, that it's for everybody else. It's to terrify anybody out there that wants to give out any kind of news, including bloggers, obviously. Obviously it is, too, right? It's a good story, but you have to read the whole article itself. And as I say, there's there's a it's almost a rumor, but but uh, it said it's about special forces. Australian special forces may have been killing people they weren't authorized to kill in Afghanistan. Supposedly, that's one possibility. And there was something else which they haven't mentioned yet too. So you don't know what's what to believe at the moment. So you can just wait and see. But I really think it's a massive exercise as well on, on putting people under the thumb of government, uh, even though newspapers generally were, well, they were authorised to, to inform the public. Well, that's a bit of a myth as well. They're, they've always had uh, been cooperative with governments, I would say, at least most of the time. But I think the the message is loud and clear now. You you can't just uh, go and get news or or or, fight or, or discover what is newsworthy um, anymore because we're in a different system. I say we've moved in a different chapter. And in Britain, uh, as I say, the, uh, the 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 Levison inquiry didn't just stop with an inquiry. They had recommendations and they passed laws as to what could be said, basically, or, uh, and so on. And this is even in Australia. They're really enforcing it now, I suppose. As far as special forces go, uh, I think the public, I don't have to be shocked or not to find out if some, war is not hygienic. When you unleash soldiers on a public for a wartime purpose, especially special forces, because they get put in to to do a, a, a job. And that means generally killing people and on the, in the way, even if it's if it's, that's not their main objective, they're going to kill folk in the way in and the way out. And they really are not really um, in much of a caring attitude as to as to, as to uh, should they kill them or not if they're old, young, or whatever. Is it that that's the nature of war, and especially special forces, they're not going to get bogged down with uh, niceties, you might say, or common decencies. And they certainly can't afford conscience, otherwise they'll crack up and they'll get wiped out themselves. And that's not how it works. So let's, let's, let's wisen up here as well as to what war is about. Uh, maybe they'll suffer later in your years, that's a thing too, with post-traumatic stress syndrome. But while they're actually in units like that, there's a whole system of ensuring they don't uh, have much of a conscience, put it that way for the particular type of work that they're going to do. However, I don't know if that's the real story or not, and we'll have to wait and see, but as I say, it's a warning to everybody. They think they can just tell <laughs> uh, what they see is, is the truth. Uh, those days have changed drastically. Now, uh, in the past, I'd like to say this too, on this is to do with suicide, 
and um, assisted dying because it's really they're giving press to it too and I guess it gets folk familiar with the idea so they'll accept more of it that is the agenda too naturally but you've got socialism remember I've said before the globalists decided a long time ago and Quigley affirmed this Carl Quigley he said we're often mistaken as communists because our, our, our goals and agendas are, are, are so similar. Well, they're so similar, they're pretty well the same. The elite wanted a system that would control people completely. Socialism is that, right? that's the idea that they chose. Not what you think you're going to be, get as a working a worker from the, from the government back in taxes. No, no, no. That's what they want you to believe. Socialism is a, a regimented system, an ideology. Uh, which is communism too, where the state rules and the state has panels of experts and, uh, and bosses, commissars ruling your lives from birth to death. Everybody in it gets ruled and there's no real free will uh, eventually down the road. And you've a purpose, they decide what your purpose is going to be. In fact, they even decide if they even need you to be born for a certain purpose. That's the, that the end goals of where they want to go in scientific socialism, right? Now, don't forget that National Socialism was what Germany used for in World War II. That's what ran the system for a short time. They got all the, the hatred piled on them because they, they used what we call the, the hygiene, national hygiene system, to kill people who were in hospital, who were psychiatric patients and those who were deemed um, below par in different ways. And, and for people with physical ones too, disabilities in that, that area as well. And here we are, opening, I knew we'd come to it. It's the same system, right, understand. But somehow this is a good, we're being humane when we do it, isn't it? Isn't it amazing, the hypocrisy of, of the liars at the top that run the system, right? Opening assisted dying to psychiatric patients is a bad idea, question mark, hmm? And it says a policy for access to assisted dying by non-terminally ill patients with psychiatric conditions will put many vulnerable and stigmatized people at risk, writes Scott Kim, MD, PhD, National Institute of Health, Bethesda, Maryland, and Tudor Elements, and so on. Anyway, it says um, we believe there is a serious gap between the idealized basis upon which assisted dying for patients with psychiatric conditions is advocated and the reality of its practice as reflected in evidence from Belgium and the Netherlands, they add. And just, I, you know, they always unroll it, uh, like, oh, it's really for real terminal people. That's how they always start these things. Just like the, like DARPA, you know, the military industrial research departments, we're there to help people and give them chips so they can move their arms again. You know, uh, that's how they always start this stuff. So the same thing, we're here, term, and then they go into, well, you're a bit depressed, how about a pill, you know? Take this pill. So anyway, this article is quite good. It says, we believe there's a serious gap between the idealized basis upon which assisted dying for patients with psychiatric conditions is advocated and the reality of its practice. And they give you the, the, uh, the actual link to the, the, to the editorial, in fact, that was published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. It's really something. Uh, I knew it would come to this because they, they always they never change. The leopard never changes its spots uh, or its techniques. You know, it's always there to help you. So it's for you. We want to help you. 
Yeah. We don't want you suffering. Hmm? Anyway at all, we don't want you suffering whatsoever. And that, that's how it's put across to you. Then Belgium investigates right to die group offering suicide powder, it says here. It says the last will group is called, has about 23,000 paying members with an average of age of 69 blocked by the Dutch authorities last year from helping approximately 1,000 people purchase a lethal drug but continues to offer advice on legal ways to obtain it. The reason I think a lot is in the paper again is because they make a big, almost a publicity. It's almost like, a, yeah, I guess it's a publicity stunt in a sense, but it's real, supposedly. This is that a girl, a young woman, to her own life, in 2015, doctor killed a healthy 24-year-old in euthanasia who thought of suicide since she was a, a child you know, in Belgium. It's, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, eh? Uh, so basically, uh, what you've got here is... You see, anybody who, who might be a, what they'll call a burden on society, an economic liability, it's, it's cheaper to get rid of you. It's the same if you're elderly. You might be scared to go into a hospital now when they can offer you uh, suicide, basically. Because they, they like it to save money for the system. They can, more, more, they can spend it on other, other good causes, and I won't even go into that. But, um, but there you go. They're, they're going to help people who are, have a, a mental problem, even if it's temporary. You know how many young people really uh, get depressed? It's, it's a normal thing you go through when you're young, as you try to figure out what life's about. And where where you are in life, and where you stand with everybody, and so on, it's you're, you're finding yours. That's why even youngsters you, you, you used to say they were ungainly, especially the males trying to walk when you're when you're a, an adolescent. You try to walk like a a person who knows what they're doing, and you're you're self possessed, and so on. But you might feel and actually gangly, gangly legs now, because you're, you're still growing. That's how it is. But they get depressed and things, they get. Offered suicide, come on here. A raped girl, it says here, 17. This is the story, legally allowed to die in Holland after suffering unbearable pain since childhood. So she died Sunday in an end-of-life clinic bed in her living room in the Netherlands after battling mental health problems for years and deciding to refuse food. Now, they'll use this for the debate, of course, naturally, and like a PR thing, too. They'll make, they'll make hay. Out of this, and folk will go. They'll pick sides without knowing all the facts. This is how it's done, and that's how, that's how you, you're led to your opinions in the system. And then a criminal case spurs a rethink of euthanasia for mental illness. The recent launch of a criminal investigation, a case of medical assistance death for a psychiatric illness in Belgium, reported by multiple media sources, is shining a spotlight on growing concerns, even among supporters, about the controversial practice. I'll tell you something, it won't just end with you choosing, it's going to come, see, this is the whole thing about it, where it always has to go. Eventually the state will decide to kill you. I'm not kidding you, this is where it's to go. And you're constantly being trained to, 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 to believe professionals and accept them and, and do what you're told, obey, obey, obey. And as this system goes in and in and in, you're being brainwashed in a thousand different ways through techniques you don't even understand are happening to you and being used on you. And that's where it's supposed to end up. And you'll have the state advising this to you. It's already happening with the advice you would take it. I've, I've done stories on that before. And, and, but uh, this will be the normal. And they'll, they'll demand you take it. I'm not kidding you. Or they might you not even tell you. 
that this is, this is really where it's supposed to go, go, folks. A professor in Australia, I told you, came out a few years ago, and he got big press and television, naturally, uh, saying that, you know, people would just hit, you know, their retirement age and, and, and die, he said. And the excuse was, well, we'll leave more, more work for young people to take. But the whole point is, it's the plans, literally the planned society, including planned death, folks. Brave new world, here you are. There you go. But also we've got uh, the odd things happening that don't make much sense, because they won't tell you much, really. So three Chinese warships dock in Sydney Harbour, but were they even invited? Supposedly it was a, as a surprise. Although, again, the Prime Minister eventually came out and says, no, it wasn't really, you know. But everybody else says, there's going to be something to it. It was a bit of a surprise, apparently. And who knows what's happening there. Maybe they're forcing them to buy Huey. Who knows? <laughs> Gunboat diplomacy, eh? After all, that's what the U.S. used in, the, in Japan to force them to trade a long time ago. And uh, that's what also the U.S. and Britain did on, and France did on uh, China to force them as well. They would put bales of opium in until they succumbed to it. But there you go. That's how it really is, eh? It's just astonishing, the world that we live in, isn't it? It really is. I'll put these links up, remember, for those who really care to, to read through them and plow through them. And for those who can handle it, you know, no one wants to think this stuff is damaging us. Even though the statistics out there and the disclosures of, of studies showing us all the cancers we're getting off this stuff. And you wonder why they're giving you more and more and more. You know, the folk who design these things and make them won't even carry a cell phone. What does that tell you? That's the world we live in, folks. So sorry for a dry talk today, but... Uh, there was some, I, want, I want to get that stuff out on the 5G because uh, you already start thinking about things. You really do. You're getting bathed in the stuff wherever you go. Uh, when it's really up and running, it's the Internet of Things that say we're nanotechnology. Don't forget the articles on nanotechnology and, and the, the big, uh, oh, wonderful, wonderful things that we're going to do with, with 5G and nanotechnology would get its signals and, and all these little particles and that, little, little microorganisms almost could get together in your bloodstream and repair things and stuff, be programmed externally from any distance across the world to you. In other words, all this thing can be done to you without you knowing about it or getting approval or anything else. And do you really want that happening to you? Huh? Do you really want the, what Persinger, the professor, who had worked for the big uh, military boys at one point, he talked about the big field of, of basically that could, they could, you're living in a field, you meant Wi-Fi, um, and eventually, no one could, would, would be, could be ignorant of other folks' sufferings. You'd know what, what, what people across the world were, how they were starving. You'd feel it. You'd know it. You'd literally feel it. Because it would be in your brain, you see. Do you want that system? Of course you don't. But are you going to get much of a say in it? Well, you've got a say in it if you demand it. If you don't demand it, you get no say in it. Simple as that. And it's always pushes a great, great thing. You know, you've got to have logic in the world and consistency of logic. I'm not putting a damper on anything. I'm, I'm just stating logic and, and some facts. If you want to be able to stop people smoking because of the tar and cigarettes, 
this carcinogenic. It's not just a tax, it's all of the chemicals the government demanded that were put in the tobacco by law. Hundreds of them. They weren't necessary. And they haven't explained yet why they demanded it get put in. Uh, but also, the tar, okay. But smoking, now that government's in on pushing marijuana, big, big, massive business, right? And that many of those at the top of government, including the law, legal profession, and, and who are departments of, in the departments of um, attorney generals, and top characters have got shares in the company. Right? Now that they're running it all, marijuana is, which you've seen the tar that comes off of that stuff, way beyond cigarettes, but that's good, that's okay. Well, as I say, logic has to be logical, and it must maintain logic. You can't just have you can't have it both. It's not logic if you if you go in different directions here, you know, on the same kind of problem. Tar is tar, eh? That's good tar. This is bad tar because why? Because the government's pushing it now, eh? For big business, you got to start thinking for yourselves. On everything, including this 5G, including below the 5G, because don't forget, we've been getting reports of the cancers uh, from, you know, the two and a half all the way up to now, the 5G. It's sad but true. And really, that's all I can say tonight, unfortunately, because I've I've ran through this stuff. I was going to talk about different things tonight, but I thought I should get all this this, this kind of uh, depressing data out just for the articles themselves, for those who want to go through it. And that's how knowledge spreads, is, is from the ones who can handle it and can handle the bad news and they're not scared to, to delve into it and and then pass it on to other people too. Um, that's that's how things change. Uh, the people who turn their heads away because bad news really don't change anything. They enable things to happen because of their silence. And that's what they count on, of course. And I don't blame the people. It's, life's tough enough for most folk without having to, having to uh, worry, worry, worry about other things too. Don't worry about it. The ones who can handle this stuff don't worry so much. They're, they're cautious, they understand it, but they won't sit and let it destroy them. That's the difference. That's the best you can do. For myself, from Ontario, Canada, I'm Alan Watt. And it's good night to me, a god or your gods go with you. <laughs>